Bibles, please, and turn to 1 John chapter number 5. 1 John 5. Mike, thank you for, for playing. 1 John chapter number 5. And it's hard to believe that uh, we are embarking on a, on a new decade. And what is even crazier is that uh, you all trusted some a family in the 20s and our 20 years old uh, to come in 2010 and to kind of start this start this decade and we're so thankful it's kind of just reflecting on the last uh, just under 10 years of, of what God has done and uh, we're truly truly thankful and we're truly blessed to be a part of your life and uh, to have you as a part of our life is just a huge blessing first John chapter number five. And this morning's message is going to be uh, unique in the way that we will approach it. The opening text that we're going to read is actually simply just to kind of draw your attention to a particular word or to a particular idea. And what was so interesting uh, is how the Lord led uh, early on in this week in preparing uh, for, uh, for today is that I, I kind of had everything lined up to go into Mark uh, again and to kind of uh, begin, begin that throughout the new year. And on Sunday night, uh, after the candlelight service, I, the, the Holy Spirit kind of led me to, to do the invitation of that service a little bit differently. Normally, like on a big service like that, uh, on Easter and things, oftentimes I will uh, just maybe lead in a type of prayer. And uh, that's just kind of been my fashion over the years on a candlelight service. And about five minutes uh, before the message was over, it was so funny how, it wasn't funny, it's just neat to see how the Holy Spirit leads, is, you know, he just began to impress upon my heart. While I'm teaching, you know, uh, sometimes I get kind of off track when the Lord does that, but he's allowed to do that, of course, he's God, and uh, I would submit to that. And he's just like, I want you to, I want you to do the invitation differently, I want you to go to the back. And you know, and so I kind of wrestled with that just a tad, a little bit, and then finally I was like, "Okay, Lord." And so I did that, and I did the invitation a little bit differently in the dark. And I said, "Hey, if you are, if the Lord is touching your heart right now, I want you to kind of go to the back here in in a moment with with me." And so I was back there, and and you know, no one necessarily responded. Mike kind of got us to sing our our last little song, and um, and then Eric Dunn came up to me uh, with with Kristen, and he kind of I wasn't even paying attention. He kind of tugged on my tugged on my shirt, and I, you know, I kind of went talk to, began to talk to Eric, and I said, Eric, well, well, why did you come to the back? And he just said, God is just telling me that, uh, that I'm missing something, that I'm missing something. And so it was such a joy to be able to go back with Kristen as well as uh, Eric back to the office area and just kind of simplistically go through the gospel where if I had just pressed on and not listened to the Holy Spirit, and I would have just said, hey, would you acknowledge this in your heart? There was many, many, many questions that he had that wouldn't necessarily have been answered. And so I'm thankful for the ministry of the Holy Spirit uh, in, in how he works with that. But there was a particular passage that I read that was amazing in his eyes as a, uh, an eight, 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 nine-year-old boy. And I want to and I want to read some of that passage for you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read a long passage again. It's gonna be different in the way that I normally preach, in that it's just gonna try to draw your attention to a few words. But I, I started in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. Before I do that, I want to give you the title of this morning's message, and that is this certainties for an uncertain 2020. 
2020. Certainties for an uncertain 2020. Begin reading verse number 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. I mean, it was just when, when, when he saw that ye may know, I, I kind of started off sharing the gospel with him early on in the conversation about how this is something that, that, that you don't have to be missing. Because that's the thing. He's like, I'm just, I'm just missing something. And he didn't quite get it. And so I said that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. Jump down to verse number 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even His Son Jesus Christ, that is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Now obviously, you and I, we live in a world that is very uncertain. You and I hear all the time phrases like, you know, these are, these are unsettling times. These are unstable and uncertain times. And you and I, we all struggle against all of the uncertainties that you and I face. And of course, since the terrible tragedy of 9-11, there is a new kind of uncertainty that is injected into our daily lives. And that is the fear of terrorism. We're uncertain when we, when we fly. There's just, that, there's just that uneasiness. There's that, there's that natural kind of where, 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 where we're watching and, and we're looking. And you know, if we're waiting for our flight, we're constantly hearing over the intercom you know, that if you see any bags that are left and things like that. We go into massive, large group settings and there's just this little uneasiness. At the end of this past summer, our family had the opportunity to spend a day or so down at Disneyland. And, and I had these thoughts, but I did not articulate them to my family because I didn't want them to worry. But I said, Matt, look at the massive groups that there are here. You know, when they're watching the fireworks, there's like thousands of people and you wonder and you just, you're kind of in these group settings and there's some uncertainty. And there are some more common uncertainties that you and I can definitely understand. When we buy a car, the uncert we're uncertain that it's going to function well. And so what do we want? We want a, we want a guarantee. Now the week before Christmas, so the week before Christmas, hallelujah, we made the last payment on my Jeep. How exciting is that? I mean, five years I've been like slaving away at paying off my Jeep. I mean, so it's like such an amazing accomplishment. That was the week before Christmas. And guess what happened on Monday before Christmas? No, I didn't crash. Praise the Lord, it wasn't that bad, okay? But, you know, I had to run some errands, and so inside my house, I did a double tap, and it heats it up, you know, so you can get into a warm car. I'm spoiled, I know that. You know, I'm just sissified here. And so I go out there, and my car wasn't 
it's running. So I go out there and I try to click on it, and sure enough, the engine light has come on. It's like they know. You pay that thing off, and it's like there's a computer inside of it that says, okay, break down. And praise the Lord, it's just something small. It's just a little sensor. But when you and I buy a car, what do we want? We want, we want some guarantees. What's the, you know, well, what's the warranty on this thing? And then fearing that we might have an accident, which Lillian mentioned. And so with that accident, you're afraid that, that you're not going to be able to pay for the damages or that you might get sued. And so what do you and I do? Literally, for hundreds of dollars, it seems like, a month, we buy car insurance for the potential of a car accident that it might happen. When you go to a store and you buy any appliance or you buy any massive electronic, some of the next words from the salesperson is, would you like to purchase a 36-month warranty on that? You know what that means? That means this product is lousy and it could break down, right? There's the uncertainty about our health. So we spend thousands of dollars a year buying insurance to protect us from illness and catastrophe issues that might come into our lives physically. There's even the uncertainty about life and death itself in our family where we will carry a life insurance policy. And so if anything were to happen to the, to, to, to the breadwinner of the family, then money goes to the spouse. There is uncertainty with employment. So we have unemployment insurance. There's uncertainty about fire and theft. And so you have homeowners and renters insurance. There's even uncertainty in the world in which we live about marriage and marrying people. And so it's become very popular to have a prenuptial agreement. People in general are so uncertain. And life is so uncertain that we'll spend huge percentages of our money to cover all of the potential contingencies. I suppose a good question to ask an unbeliever, really anybody, but specifically an unbeliever is, what are you absolutely certain of? And most likely you'll get the answer of death and taxes, right? That's kind of like the cliche, but maybe beyond that trite statement, what, can, what, what are you absolutely certain of? Well, you can't be certain of this planet is going to be here. Because the second law of thermodynamics tells us that all of the material universe is tending toward disorder. It's tending toward disruption. You cannot depend on anything material, anything physical. Well, you can't truly depend upon people. There are no guarantees about how people are going to treat you in the future. Even your spouse or your own family, your parents or your children. So it is very hard for an unbeliever to answer the question, what are you absolutely certain of? And if you can get that person to say, well, the only thing I'm certain of is death, and you've obviously put them in a very good position. You're able to then begin to speak about, well, what about after death? What are you absolutely sure after death? And you can begin to talk about eternity and, and what Christ can do for that soul. But it is in the background, that type of background of living in an uncertain world and living basically with people who are uncertain about almost everything. It's in, it's in that backdrop. It's in that type of world that the Bible is a divine revelation that is filled 
with absolute certainties. And so I want to just suggest a few of them. And then I got kind of a much longer conclusion that will kind of tie in just kind of this kind of look through Scripture here. We see in Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Proverbs 11, verse 18, the wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Job 34.12, Yea, surely God will not do wickedly. Isaiah 53, verse 3, Incline your ear and come unto Me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. And then verse 4, I made a mistake here, is actually connected to Isaiah 53. It says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And it goes on to how Jesus Christ was led uh, uh, to, to, to the slaughter for our benefit. But surely He hath borne our griefs. Jesus Christ bore our sin, bore our griefs, bore our sorrow and our suffering. The Word of God says we can be sure of that. John 6, verse 69, And we believe and are sure that Thou art that Christ the Son of the living God. This was the disciples' testimony. John 16, verse number 30 says, Now are we sure that Thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask Thee. By this we believe that Thou camest from God. They believed that Jesus was the Son of God. In, in Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17, For I have given unto them the words which Thou gavest me he's talking to the father and they have received them the disciples and have known surely that i came out from thee and they have believed that thou didst send me romans 2 verse 2 but we are sure that the judgment of god is according to the truth against them which commit such things romans 4 verse 16 therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Paul is telling us here that the faith in Christ, it can be sure to all. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. Hebrews 6, verse number 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. 2 Peter verse, chapter 1, verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in dark places until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. A more sure word of prophecy. And then Revelation 22, verse 20. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And there are so many more. You can begin to look through Scripture. You can take a concordance and you can begin to look at different passages. And there are many, many, many more. But I kind of tried to just take a different gamut of different types of things. We deal, hear me, 
in certainties in an uncertain world. And listen, the, prob- the world has a problem with that. The world, they, 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 they take offense when people say that we are certain about things. It is really an intolerable posture that they would claim that we have, but it is truth. The Bible, hear me, the Bible is a book of absolutes. It is a book of certainties. We are certain how the universe began. We are certain how it will end. We are certain why God created and how His purpose in the beginning will consummate in the end. We are certain about why people behave the way that they behave. We are certain about what is right and we are certain about what is wrong. We are certain about the elements that make up a good relationship. We are certain about the necessity and the way to get to heaven. We are certain that there is a hell and that we are certain about how people get there. We are certain about all kinds of things. We're certain about God's promises. We're certain about Jesus Christ being the Son of God. Jesus Christ being the Savior of the world. We're certain about His substitutionary death. We're certain about His literal resurrection, about His second coming. We're certain about all of these things. Now again, you and I, we must understand that this is not something that is easily accepted in the society it's clearly not in 2020 as we go forward. But we are unique in a world of doubters. God has given us a guarantee for the truth of His redemptive promise. I want you to see in Ephesians 1, the words will be up on the screen here, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ, and whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14 is beautiful. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of our purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. So the Holy Spirit, verse 13, talks about, you know, we've heard the Gospel and we believed, and because we believed, we believed what Jesus Christ did for us, then you and I, we're given the Holy Spirit. And verse 14 says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of our purchased possession. So the Holy Spirit is given as an earnest. He's given as a, hear me, He's given as a pledge. That is a guarantee of our inheritance. So when you and I, when, when we became a believer, you put your trust in Jesus Christ. Now, why did you do that? Because you came to the belief, you came to the conviction that all that God said was true. You came to the conviction that what He said about you was true. You came to the conclusion about what the consequences for sin are, and you believe that to be true. And what He said about the judgment that you would receive from that sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You and I, we believed what He said about forgiveness. We believed what He said about grace and about mercy. And we we believed what He said about Christ. You came to the conclusion that all of that was true. 
And when you believed in that truth, when you believed in the gospel, embracing all that God said about who you are and who Jesus is and what he did for you, when you embrace that and you put your trust in Christ because you believed what God said, God promised you eternal life. And to secure that eternal life, he gave you a guarantee. And the guarantee that He gave you, the earnest that He gave you, that that, that promise that He gave you was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit immediately took up residence in your life. And this is so key here in a few moments. As the guarantee, as the promise of that what you believed is indeed true. God deals in certainties. He is bound Himself by His Word to those certainties. And He has guaranteed His Word in the gift of the Holy Spirit who has now taken up residence, who has now templed Himself. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He's now taken up residence. Holy Spirit now lives inside the believers. And so as we bring 2019 and this decade to a close, Can I share a few verses that should propel us into 2020 with the certainty about God's goodness, about His care, about His grace for you and I? I want you for a moment to listen to Job. To Job. Job was lived in in a patriarchal era. That was way back before Moses. Which means that before the the writing of the Pentateuch, which would be the first five books of the Bible from Genesis to Deuteronomy. So basically, Job lived before there was any Scripture that, that anybody's hands could have. That anybody any eyes could read. And, and I want you to listen to Job. Job says in Job 19, verse 25, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that He shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold and not another. Job says, I know my Redeemer lives. What? How do you know that? Job says, I know that he's going to stand on the earth in the last days and he's going to set up his eternal kingdom. Job says, I know that after my body is completely dissolved that I'm going to awaken and I'm going to see God with my very own eyes. That's a lot to know. When you look later on in the book of Job, and we won't take the time to do that, God speaks to Job and it's recorded in Scripture. And so Job would have experienced God. As he, is, as he experienced God, he came to some conclusions that I know some certainties. Oh, by the way, his world was a wreck. Have you ever read Job? And yet he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. The Old Testament, man, it's filled with such statements of absolute knowledge. I wish I could just go on and on for you this morning. But here's what, here's what the psalmist David said in Psalm 20, verse 6. Now know I 
that the Lord saveth His anointed. He will hear Him from His holy heaven with the saving strength of His right hand. You know what David's saying? David says, hey, I, I know that my God, I know my God hears the prayers of those that are His. And he answers. David said in Psalm 56, When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is with me. Isn't that great? That you and I, we might have some enemies in 2020. They may attack me. But as David said, I can say as well, God is on my side. God is caring for me. David said earlier in that chapter, in God I will praise His Word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. David had confidence in God's absolute power. And we can go to other Old Testament passages, but here's what I want you to understand. Job experienced God from without. David experienced God from without. There was a, there was a filling and there was a coming off. Kind of that, the, the, that Old Testament way of doing things. But you and I, we have been given the Holy Spirit to live with you 24-7. And Paul says that Holy Spirit was given to you as an earnest, as a guarantee, as something to to, to spark you for moment after moment, day after day. Job experienced Him. Yes, he did. David experienced Him. Yes, he did. But if you're seated here this morning and you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, listen, He is literally within you. And the Holy Spirit is saying, you can be certain of this. You can be certain of this. Now I want to give you a little exercise for the year of 2020. That's ah, not so little, but it is in this an exercise. As you read through the Bible, from place to place, from time to time, and as you read from you know, kind of story to story, day to day, so to speak, in the Bible, I want you to try to look from the lens of how many times you find somebody say, I know. I know. Paul said in 2 Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Paul went through all kinds of things. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. So here you and I, we're concluding 2019 as Christians living in a world with absolute certainties. The world in which you and I live in is filled with uncertainties. But as a believer, we can live with unusual confidence in the days ahead. Do I know what will happen in 2020 for you? Nope. I don't know what will happen in 2020 in my life. But here's what I know. I know that if I... Back to the basics. We'll study God's Word in 2020. I will be given a surety after a surety after a surety. 
Because this is a more sure word of prophecy right here. It's the word of God. If you're struggling, does God, does, God, does God care? Does God love? This is not elementary. This is just literally the way to do life. Get in the book. This isn't too small for us. Get in the Word of God and you will find that the Holy Spirit of God will attach to that surety, to that, to that truth that you find in the Word of God. And so here's my challenge for you. I strongly suggest that you ask the Lord to help you commit in 2020 to reading the Word of God every day. Now, why would you do that? Why would you commit to doing that? To ensure that you will continually be influenced by what is certain. Because I introduced this message with all of the uncertainties of life, and I could have done many, many more, no doubt. But you and I as believers, we can live in a world like that as absolute certain people. By looking into the Word. Ask the Lord to help you to commit to that in 2020. Just every day to read some Scripture. You say, how much? Allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you on that. But every day, God, help me in 2020 to get into the book of certainties. I listed a ton of things that we're certain of. And I didn't give you any references because we don't have time for that this morning. But here's what I know. You know where all those come from? Word of God. Word of God. How are we certain of all those things? The Word of God. We learn from the Word of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Ask God to help you right now to commit to getting in to the Word of God every day. to ensure you that you will continually be influenced by what is certain. Job knew. David knew. Do you have the great influencer, the great earnest, the great guarantee, the great promise in you Let him guide you this year. Let him guide you into all truth. That's one of his roles. Holy Spirit, to guide you into all truth. We sang earlier about prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Man, I can acknowledge that. So as you're wandering, get into the Word of God and get anchored again. Twenty twenty is uncertain. I get that. But you can live in certainty.